0: Thank you for listening to the Fearless LA podcast. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. I want to read this Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 17. I saw this after uh, we talked last week. If you didn't see last week, go to the YouTube You can go to the podcast, the podcast is blowing up, but really we need your help on the YouTube, praise God. Go send a few views there. Um, It had a whole 15 views last week, I was really excited about that. Uh, I'm not depressed at all, but you know, let's just go watch some YouTube videos. But you can go back and see the YouTube, Uh, I really felt like God pulled something amazing out. Uh, with the plants. Remember that? And, and we come in with our pots and, um, and you know, really we're encouraging here if, if, if family is going to be our commitment, that's what we talked about last week, these are the family values, then we're going to have to come out of our pots, out of our protected shelters, and we're going to have to open up our lives. We're going to have to expose our roots, right? And roots can be great things or they can be things that we're embarrassed about. All of us have things that we don't like about ourselves. All of us have things that we, would, we would, not be, would not be our first foot forward, right? And, you know, those people that put that as their first foot forward, you're like, oh, God, what's behind that foot? You know, because, wow, that was scary, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but, but, you know, there are things in our life that, that we struggle with, that we as humans wish they weren't there and we're growing through, we're working through. Uh, this is what this family is supposed to be um, dealing with and working through together. And so we, you know, God, we we know that God cannot touch the plastic us. Like you come down, here's the plastic me. God wants to touch the real us. And so we got to remove those plastic um, pots so that we can be planted and rooted together. And this is like really where church gets good. I mean, maybe you're hearing like, man, it's great sermons. It's church is good. Or maybe you're hearing like, man, it's great worship. I mean, like these people that sing up here. I mean, could be on the American Idol or uh, the Voice. Or I mean, they're incredible. And and it's, and so it's just like majestic. And our our drummers, come on, we we got some of the best drummers in the world, and humble at that, and good looking, and cool shoes, and in and so. And so you could come and think this is the best part of church, that, that, that what you've received so far is the best. But I, I tell you, guys, this thing is like this. If we do it right, it's like fine wine. It only gets better with time. Even, even the stuff they sell at Rite Aid, if you let it sit long enough, it, it could get better with time. It, it, it actually ferments into something, a whole new thing. I'm telling you, the best part of church you've yet to taste and, and, and really the best part of community you've yet to taste. See, the sweetest thing is not the sermons. It's, it's going through the sermons together. It's, it's that message that, that it's, it's that family. The, the sweetest thing is when you go through hell and then you got some people standing in the fire with you. I mean, it's, I'm thankful that Jesus is there. But sometimes I need someone with skin on it to represent Jesus when I can't see him. When I go, man, if I can't see him, I'm running. And then there you are. I'm like, okay, there he is. Where is Jesus? He's, he's so, so in order for that to really happen, we have to get okay with coming out of our pots. And, and I know it's scary. I know you think we're going to run, but we're not going to run, right? Because we've already come out of our pot. And, you're, and if you're not running from us, we're not running from you. And so we're going to do family together. This is the beauty of what God did with the church. He, he called us out alone. He goes, you're my child. Come, come, come get with me and come be with me. And I don't care about your sin I don't, because I, I don't see you as a sinner. I see you as my son or my daughter because I now see you through the lens of the payment that Jesus gave on the cross for you. You know, this is the only kingdom. This is a kingdom. God keeps saying you're part of the kingdom. The kingdom is upon you. He's a king and he's introducing a kingdom to this earth. The kingdom of this earth was messed up, was, was full of bitterness, shame, sin, sickness, darkness. And God says now the king has showed up to what used to be the kingdom of darkness and now he's bringing a kingdom of light. And he's he's awakening the sons and daughters of the king. Now, let me say this. This kingdom that we're a part of, we are now citizens of heaven. You know, it's great whatever wherever you're a citizen of, but but the greatest citizenship we have is being citizens of heaven. And so we are, we are now citizens of this kingdom. And so we have authority backed up by the king we have we we are not just citizens we are also called ambassadors so if you if you go to another nation and we have an ambassador in another nation um they they don't represent that nation alone they represent the nation that is backing them up with authority uh their ability to give their ability to withhold is all backed up from the from the nation or the kingdom they are a part of they are sent there so we are christ's ambassadors so, so look, this is, why, this is why it's not just spiritual in church. This is why God's love doesn't just work in church. This is why God's love doesn't just work in this house. Everywhere you go, everything you do is spiritual. Why? Because you you can't take that word off. You are You are always an ambassador of Christ. No matter what you put your hands to, it's not what you do. It's why you do it. Okay? So I have a new why in my life. I've been saved by grace. I've been set free to set others free. Now... We need to understand this kingdom is the only kingdom on earth or anywhere um, that everyone that is in it and a citizen of it is a son or daughter of the king. And this is the only kingdom where everybody in it is royalty. So this kingdom is not like other kingdoms where we have peasants and we have paupers and we have princes This is a kingdom of princes and princesses. So everyone that is born into this kingdom is born with the identity and the DNA of their father, which is God. So this is why it matters how we treat each other. This is why it matters how far we let each other in, because we're family. And so this kingdom doesn't have levels. It does not have uh, like, oh, Robert's at one level, and because Jeremy's a pastor, he's at another level. No, we're both sons, So how you treat me is really should be no different than how you treat him. And and together, we are this family. We're this family moving forward together. And so Ephesians 3.17, it says, And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. So there's that word. So we have the pots. And being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep the love of Christ is and to know the love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the measure and all the fullness of God. So what that's saying is there is is an, an amount of the depth, the width, and the height of God's love you will never taste, you will never grasp Unless you get rooted with each other. So, man, I want all of you, God. No, you don't. Because you're still in your pot. God, I want everything you have for me. No, I have more for you, but it doesn't come through seeking me alone. It comes through realizing you got to get into a family. This is why it's such a lie. The enemy has slipped into the church is that I'm going to do God, but I'm going to do him alone. And people do this, my worldly friends love me more than my church friends. And I'm offended at the church. I'm bitter at the church. So I'm just going to hang out with the world, right? People that don't know Christ. And I'm going to be Christ to them by myself. And so this is a a modern day lie that has slipped in the church because we don't want to come out of our pots because we got hurt by somebody. Well, that place of hurt was testing the love of God in you. And if it failed, then it wasn't the love of God. Because the love of God never expires, never runs out. Look, so when when my love fails, what am I supposed to do? I found the borders of my love. I found the edges of my love. What I need to do in that moment is go, okay, I can't love this person because they are difficult. You don't know any difficult people, right? They are tough to love. But then God says, okay, we found the borders of your love right your love is surfacy your love is is selfish your love is not kind Your this is all our love I know you think you're the best lover but I'm just telling you at the end of us is us you know how I prove that we take a picture with 20 people who do you look at who do you say great picture were you looking at me no because I was looking like this no you were looking at you let's not put it up I don't know I look fat in that one Can you show me the filters first? Right. I mean, why? Because in the end of the day, our, our selfish flesh is in love with us. Right. How good are you going to be? Well, we can only be at certain point that wears out. Okay. So if it wore out, then, then we got to tap into something deeper. Come on, touch your neighbor and say tap into something deeper. How do we love beyond us? How do we love beyond our hurt? How do we love beyond our pain? We go to someone who took our pain and didn't die from it. We take, go to someone who took our shame and didn't die from it. They tried to kill him with it. They buried him with it. And he rose on the third day. Why? Because you can't kill life. Jesus didn't have life. He is life. Jesus doesn't have love. He is love. Why does it matter? Because if he had love, you could take it away from him. But if he is love, you can't take away what he is. So when I tap into that, it is unlimited. It is extraordinary. Look at this. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts of faith so that you may be rooted and established. There is an establishment God is trying to do in our lives. But it can only happen when we come out of our pots and we go, come on, let's intermingle our roots together. Come on. Oh, this is kind of scary. I don't know if you're going to share down here. But you know what? I know God has enough for all of us. And there is... A a wide, a high, a deep to the love of Christ that I'm going to experience that I've never experienced being outside of this. I don't know about you, but that's exciting. I can't wait to see. How high does it go? How deep does it go? How wide does it go? I'm ready to spread my roots out down there. I'm ready to learn that, that there is more to the fullness of God. I want the measure of the fullness. Man, what kind of person goes, man, I just want part of God. What? That sounds like fear. I want the f- God laid on me. The good thing about God is He does not have a kids meal size of Himself. He cannot pull through the drive through and get the toy and get a small burger and a small. F- when you come into God's kingdom, He goes. You get it all. I want to measure the fullness. God says, the measure of the fullness of me is, is being in relationship with others, being rooted and established. Come on, let's establish our relationships in love. If we start with love, there's no backing out. If we start with love, we move forward with love. We walk in love. We speak in love. We forgive in love, right? Amen? So this is why family has to be our commitment. And, and, and if family is our commitment people are going to have to become our passion. Because you can't be family with a statue. You can't be family with just an animal. We can't be family with a job. You can't be family with a dream. I know some of us are more in love with our dream than we are with the people that God's put in our life. How do we know that? Because we use the people to make the dream happen. We need to start using the dream to make the people happen. Some of us are more in love with our finances than we are with the people in our life. Why? Because we use the people to make the finances happen. We need to use the finances to make the people happen. Right? We need to be more in love with what Jesus was in love with than what the enemy has got us to fall in love with. Not that these things are bad, but they don't love you back. We need to fall in love with some things that have the potential to love us back. Come on, Jesus, he didn't come and die for a dream. He didn't come and die so you can be talented. He didn't come and die for the latest thing that you're working on. He came and died for you. He died for me. He died for the ostracized, the marginalized, the people on the outside. Not just the wealthy, not just the poor. Jesus did not have a respecter of persons. In fact, he goes, all of you are my kids, the ones that are broke and the ones that are wealthy. If when my kids grow up, if one is broke and one is wealthy, I will not love them different because one is wealthy and one is broke. If one's irritable, easy, and one is happy all the time, I'm not going to love them different because one's irritable and one's happy. I'm going to love them the same. Why? Because they're both my family. They're both my kids. I don't see their sin or what they do first. I see whose they are first. And ultimately, I feel it's my responsibility to keep guiding them to pull the best out of them. And this is our Father. Look in John 3.16, it says this, God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved that He withheld So God so loved that he waited to get. So God so loved that he what? Okay, I know you've heard the scripture before, but have we lived it yet? Because God so loved that he what? So love will always make you. You can give without loving, right? It's like, well, they got me a present, so I might need to get them a present. Well, they said hi, so I probably should say hi. You, you can give without loving. Lot, lots of people give without loving. But you cannot love without giving. If you love, it will be shown and revealed through your gift. Come on. What, what is the greatest gift you could give someone other than forgiveness? I love you, but I'm not going to forgive you. Ah, well, that doesn't work like that because if you love, you give. How many chances do I give? 70 times 7? Seven? What does that mean, unlimited? Why, to the devil that Christ forgave you, we forgive each other. Come on, if we're going to walk in this kind of love, if we're going to look like Jesus, if we're going to call ourselves Christians, which means little Christ. Well, thats I don't know if I want to call myself I'm just like a dude. I'll call myself a pastor before I call my little self little Christ. Jesus said, you're going to not only do what I did, you're going to do even greater things. Because I'm going to the Father. Look, I'm not leaving you alone in this. I'm going to walk with you in this. I'm going to teach you how to love. I'm, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's going to be a counselor. Man, how many of you guys know that, that healthy people go to counselors? I, I need to go to this counselor, the Holy Spirit, in my life. And he's going to counsel me how to love difficult people. And he's going to give me the ability to give because I love. When I start withholding my gift, I also have to withhold my love. We're going to love. We're going to go beyond each other's hurts and wounds and, and, and how weird things get. We're saying, no, I'm going to love anyways. I'm going to love. I'm, I'm not putting boundaries and borders on my love. I'm going to love. I'm going to love without limits, love without barriers, love without borders. I'm not the respecter of persons. I'm, I'm going to love. I don't love you because you're lovable. I love because I've been loved. You know, our kids went to school and they go, man, they're just so loving. They got, my son and daughter both got the love award the same day. They didn't even know they were giving it to them. They got the love award. And so the only reason why we feel like they got that award is because they are so loved that they have no fear to love. See, see maybe it's not, not that, 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 that we don't love others as we love ourselves. Maybe it's that we don't love ourselves. And so we are capable of loving others. Because we are so starved for love. See, this kind of love that we're talking about, it can't start with others. You say, how am I going to love people that are unlovable? How am I going to make people a passion when people have hurt me so much? Well, we're going to get plugged into the source. When we're plugged into the source, look, I brought a hose. This is not a very good hose. This This is a church hose. We have the look of it. We're not plugged into anything. Kind of like, hey, I'm gonna squirt you. I'm gonna love you. Watch out, don't dare me. I'm gonna love you. And pour water on that broken place. We pray about it and we sing about it, and we, but we're never plugged into the source. So all we are is a container of what was supposed to be, a vessel of what was supposed to give. See, a, a hose never has a hard time loving dry places if it's plugged into the source. If it's plugged into the source, it has unlimited supply, not based on it, not based on where it's feel. Look, man, I would love you, but I just don't feel good today. I just kind of feel green a little bit and and dry a little bit. And so I'm dry and you're dry. What are we going to do? Well, someone's got to get plugged into the source. If you don't get plugged into the source, of course we're dry. Of course we don't have anything else to give out. But when you get plugged in, you're like trying to stop it up and it just comes out. You're, you trying to stop him. It. It's just getting on people everywhere. Like, oh God, sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh God. Oh, I'm sorry. I hope you're dry over there because I'm coming and I got a lot of love. I got, I got an unlimited love. Whoop. There it goes. Here comes Pastor Jeremy. Watch out. He's probably going to hug you. He's probably going to say hi. He's probably going to tell you he loves you. I don't know, man. We we'll just keep testing it. Let's keep testing it. And, and he's like, I bet he's going to run out pretty soon. I bet he's going to run out. Why? Because you think I'm like you. I bet, I bet Deanna, man, she always loves on me. I bet one day she's just going to be a jerk. It's just going to happen. I mean, she's just going to let me down. And, and, and it never happens. Why? Because she's plugged into the source. Not because Deanna's so great. No. We found a source. We found someone that loved us, even though we're just a vessel. He loved us, and he said, I want to put my love in you so it can come through you and out of you. How can we say we're the church and the body of Christ and not be the hope of the world? Not be the hope. Well, he's the hope of the world. If he's the hope of the world and we're his body, he's the hope of the world and we're the embarrassment of the world. No, we're the hope. This, the local church is the hope of the world. If it's going to be the hope of the world, it has to be first the hope of the church. Before we can be the hope of everybody else, we have to be a hope for each other. We have to let the stirring of Jesus inside of us break out into each other. If we don't do that, what are we doing? Is this just like another TED talk? Is this a nice person up here and speaking a great speech? I mean, can we do this speech anywhere? Or is this a supernatural thing we're encountering today? we Are going to stir something real inside of us? Jesus, he just, he busted on the surface and all the religious people are like, you can't water that person. There's a little water left in here from two months ago I was fasting. It's right there. <laughs> Jesus was busting out and watering people, watering people that were prostitutes, watering people that were sinners. He even let a disciple be in his group that was going to turn on him. He said, it's okay, I got enough for you too. He's on the cross hanging there and there's two guys on his left and right. And he's just like, bam, bam, sprinkler, sprinkler. You want to be with me in paradise? He wasn't contingent upon them being perfect. We only want relationships that are perfect. Because we haven't got tapped into the one that has perfection. When we get tapped into him, we won't be looking for others to be perfect. We've already found it. I've already found the one that's going to love me when I'm broken. I've already found the one that's going to say hi to me when no one... All I need is him. He's my source. He's my provider. So when you come along... I don't need you to be that, but I'm going to be that for you. Wow. That's the church. That's what we're here to do. That's why you shouldn't leave this place and go to lunch with nobody. I'll leave this place and go right back to work. Take a moment. You're here. You've already carved out this in your day. Say, man, let's go. to. There's an amazing Thai food restaurant right here. Lots of chairs. You can go in there with no reservation. I'm telling you, it's right here. Walk to it. Leave your parking. Don't pay again and go get some food with somebody. Share your life with some. Ask somebody a question. How are you doing? Be ready for them to not tell you great. Doing great. Good. i hope you're going to say that because I was nervous. You're going to say you're going crazy. And I have to pray for you and we'll have to get into the mud together. No, hey, I'm okay with you. But if they are doing great, great. They don't have to be doing bad. But, but, if, but look, brothers and sisters, this is what God, we are the, this is the, look, God, when he came to this earth, he kept saying, the kingdom is upon you. The kingdom is upon you. The king is here. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You know, this is the only kingdom where everyone in it is a king or a queen. Every citizen of this kingdom is a king or a queen. Wow. You know, this is the only kingdom where every citizen has the same status with the king. This is the only kingdom where every citizen is related to each other. This is the only kingdom where there are no paupers. There are no people that are far off. Everybody in this kingdom gets a room in the Father's house. This is the only kingdom. And God said, you're a part of a kingdom. He's releasing that upon you. A kingdom that the angels want in on. A kingdom that the angels are almost jealous of. Who is man that you're mindful of him? He said, these are my kids. They're all my kids. And they're not only going to be my kids, they're going to work for the family business. They're going to be ambassadors in another nation, in another place. You know that as we're here on this earth, we are ambassadors of Christ Jesus. We're not here to make movies alone. We're not here to sing on a record alone. We're not here to start a family or a business alone. We are here to be ambassadors of Christ Jesus. And your job may be making movies, your job may be starting a business, but inside of that you do everything to glorify the Lord. Why? Because you are from another kingdom. You are aliens and strangers of this planet. I'm not expecting this planet to fulfill my greatest desires. I'm just an ambassador here. I'm on the soil, but I'm from another place. And as an ambassador, I'm backed up by the kingdom of heaven. I'm backed up in love. I'm backed up in peace. I'm backed up in joy. I don't know if I can love you. No, I'm backed up in love. I got so much love coming from the king. And then this is the question. How do we treat each other? Because if we're all his kids, how you treat his kids matters. How you treat each other matters. Because how you treat my son will tell me if you really love me or if you're just telling me that. Pastor, I love you. And then you treat my son like crap. You think I'm okay with that? No. You know who I love the most is those people that take moments with my kids. You know, Robert, he came to the, my kids' game. brave has been having a hard time. He's got ADD, all kinds of different crazy stuff going on in his life. And He quit his soccer game last week because he, he wasn't the best on the whole team. I said, son, come on, get back. He wouldn't get back in there. I told Robert about it. He said, I'm coming. I'm coming to the game. And Robert showed up. You should have seen the smile on Braves' face. It was a smile that I cannot bring as his dad. It was a smile that only a friend can bring. You see, the Father God, his heart changes when we go out of our way to love each other. Because someone in this room is going through something. Doesn't mean they have to keep going through it alone. We are here to stand with each other and to go out of our way, carve moments in our time to say, you matter to me. You being okay matters to me. And I'm going to do everything I can. I can't change you but I can be an agent of change in your life and then here we are gossiping about each other turning on each other talking bad about each other thinking bad about each other come on we're all in this together we're all imperfect we're all a mess we're all stuck in the mud but God has chose us to lavish his favor and his love upon us we are all loved by our dad the question is will we love each other and if you love, you give. Oh, my kids, they have a hard time sharing their toys. You know, my daughter, she's got her bounce thing and she's just like, Dad, I love this bounce thing. I mean, it's amazing. It's awesome. Now, I didn't know I was going to do this in the middle of the sermon, but this is pretty awesome. And, and, and my daughter, she'll bounce around the house on her bounce thing. And then, I mean, we, we think we're going to die in toy, like, Avalanche, like we just please do not buy my kids any more toys. I know you love them. Get them like a book or or something, or or just give them a cash app and then I'll spend it on some coffee. Praise God. And, and so and then Brave's got his toys. And uh, just the other night, Lyric has these amazing pens. I mean, they are perfect. Lyric and Brave have two different personalities. Brave is extreme creative. Lyrics are creative, but one is organized and one is not. I'll let you guess who is who. And so. Anyways, one is like Christy and one is like me. And so Lyric has all her amazing pins. They're all in colors. I think there's 400 pins that came in this collection. She's got markers. She's got crowns. And all of a sudden, Brave snuck into the room, grabbed the box of pins. He opened it up, and he's just drawing. And when Brave draws, he goes crazy. He's just doing this. He's stabbing things. And Lyric is fully upset because Brave has my pins. It was a fight. We had to settle it. And, and, but in his parents... The one thing that we would long for more than anything is, can't we all just get along? (laughs) Is Hulk that big of a deal? I mean, for five minutes, could your sister hold Hulk? I mean, just talk to him, sing to him, just five minutes. And, And no, not even five minutes. Brave's freaking out. There's no, there's no, it's chaos, it's turmoil. I haven't stopped being their dad because it, but I've thought of it. <laughs> thought if you kids don't get along, and it seems silly, and we're like, oh, I would never do that. You know the heart of the father is that can we all just get along? Yeah, so we're like, but God, I got my hulk. I mean, I got my I got my hurt. Wow. This is my hurt. I can't share this with anybody. I, this is mine. Can, can we just bring it to the cross for five minutes? No, 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 no. I've been dealing, this is who I am now. It's a part of me now. And I'm going to hold on to this Hulk because it's mine. Or may, maybe it's not, it's not your hurt. Maybe, maybe it's, it's your ministry. It's my ministry that the ushers are my ministry. I can't believe you got new ushers coming in here with their sweet white new jackets. I was always the one that held the door. I've been the one to do the parking. I've been here since the beginning. Who's this joker? I don't even know his name. Went through the four steps. He needs a, quite a few more steps. I'm going to share my ministry or my family. No, my family. Don't, talk, start, don't, start, don't start trying to teach me how to lead my family. I'm, my family is my thing. My family is my thing. Oh, maybe it's not your family. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're holding on to the toy of your dreams. Oh, okay. Uh, this, maybe you got your dreams. Or maybe you got your finance. It's your toy. I worked hard for this. Don't ask me to give to the church. This is my finances. You know, it's funny when people get up here and talk about giving to the Lord. People get real tight. When are they going to get done with this? All that does church does is talk about giving your money. I mean, I'll give. Just not all of it. You know, you can have, you can have my hurt. But this toy is mine. I really fell in love with this toy. Maybe, maybe it's, oh, what's this? Let's see. Oh, this is, this is another one I find really precious. My time. I don't want to invade my time. This is my personal time. You want me to do what? You want me to be a, you want me to, I, I don't have time for that. I'm here grinding, man. I got to make it happen. I got to, I got to become big time. I need my time to become big time. This is mine. And here's what we look like from heaven's perspective. like, are, are you kidding me? Go share with your sister. You're driving me crazy. Give me that toy. I'm, you know what, my kids, if they start fighting with something, you know what I do? I'm taking the toy. You know what? You're not going to play with this for a month. Maybe why some of us are going through being broke is we stopped giving. God goes, fine, come here. Let's, let's take away that job. Let's let you know that you can depend on me. I can, I can, I can provide for you when you have nothing. I'm, I'm gonna. God, God will say, as a father, he goes, let's remove the toys because the toys are causing a problem. You ever been a dreamer and all of a sudden your dreams are gone? You're like, I don't know what to do. Well, maybe I should pursue God right now. I don't have any dreams to pursue. We're so caught up in our toys that we miss the greatest thing that we have is family. I want to share my life. When when our kids, when they're born, you know what what happens? They got a lot of uncles and aunts. I don't know all of you guys. I mean, some of you could be crazy. Most of you are probably crazy. You come to church with a guy like me as the pastor in a nightclub in Hollywood. You probably are a little different. (laughs) Praise God. So am I. But you know, when my kids meet you, this is Uncle Joe. I can't believe you do that. Well, our life is shared. My family is one of the things God has given me. I'm not holding on to it because it takes a whole tribe to raise the greatness that's inside of the family God gave me. Look, everything that is put into your life was given to you to steward, not to store, to steward, not to store, to steward, not to hoard. Oh, don't take my time. Don't take my, oh, don't. no, no, I'm, I'm here to steward this. You know what? Why don't you? I'm gonna give this to you. I see it brings you joy. I'm gonna let you be a part of this. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bless you. I, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you my story. And it's going to be hard for me, but I think it's going to help set you free. That's why our testimony is powerful. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm going, to take, I'm, going to take, I'm going to take and I'm going to invite some people into this God dream God gave me. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to not just see what I need. I'm going to, I'm going to start envisioning. You know, the, the, the Christian church is the, probably the only church in this whole nation that lets people not have a job while we need employees. You know, every other religion in this city, if someone is in their group that needs a job, they'll hire them. Not because they have the skills, but they'll teach them. You know that a lot of the Jewish people in the city aren't absent of a job? Because in the Jewish community, you can look out for each other. Even in the Asian community or, or the Hispanic community, inside of communities, there's power like that. Why is that power not in the church? I don't know, They might mess things up. No, no, watch God do something crazy. Watch God do something wild. Watch God use the gift of you being a boss and you having a company to bless others. Watch God use the people that are in this room that have been through some things pouring out into others and those others pouring out to them. Watch what God does when you start sharing your toys. At the end, God goes, man, you, you're so good at sharing. Why don't we go get some more toys? You see, with my kids, when they share, it causes a heart of gratitude from me. And all of a sudden, I'm wanting to give them more. You know, I, I, I believe for this church that one day this church will be 20,000, 30,000 members. That's what God spoke to me, that we're going to turn California upside down. I've seen the whole map of California on fire. That's what God showed me. And the people that are lost and far from God will come home. People that don't know God. And, and sometimes I, I wrote all that down, and then we started this church, and it looked nothing like that. It was small. I mean, in fact, the second week of this church, the first week it was packed. I mean, we had every family member we ever knew. We invited their cousin, their brother, their uncle. We planned four years to have that grand opening. We had seven hundred people, and we had this big room. And then the very next week, we had fifty people, and most of them were our leaders. And all of a sudden, that dream felt really heavy, and I felt like God will never get there. We'll never. And I and I realized that I fell in love with the dream not the people. And God says, if you would love the people like you love the dream, you would use the dream to empower the people instead of using people to get to the dream. I know your dream's important, but why not use your dream instead of using people? Let's use the thing, the toy, to empower people, not the people to give me more toys. Let's believe that we could fall in love with what's in front of us. You know, God began to tell me, he said, stop dreaming of 10 years from now. You're messed up by it. Start looking at right now. So you know what I do every Sunday when people come? I'm not dreaming of next week or the week. I'm looking at, wow, cool blue hair. I love your blue hair. And I love that you're wearing the, the NASCAR shirt you bought last week. You are awesome. And that's real. That's not some act so they can see a point. That's real. Well, if I was thinking about 10 years from now, I couldn't see you. God, is, God wants you to open your eyes. There are people that are amazing right next to you in this church, and we're not here just to attend something on behalf of the Father together. We're a family, and family is our commitment, and people are our passion. And they were his passion, and whatever he loved, he gave to. Let me say this right here. How many of you guys in this room have someone outside this room that doesn't know Christ? in the way you would like them to know Christ. They are are living in a place where, man, you wish they could experience God to another level. Come on, raise your hand. How many of you guys have a boss, a friend, an employee, a cousin, an uncle? Maybe an uncle that's, I have an uncle that's on drugs. Maybe you have some family members that are going through divorce and all kinds of, you'd love them to encounter the relationship that you found with God. Let me say this. As long as you pursue them encountering it, you will miss it. But them encountering starts with you learning how to love each other. I don't believe the church needs one more outreach. I believe we need some inreach. Just like if I love my friend. Give me your name again. Jada. If I loved Jada with all my heart, she's going to tell others about that love she received. It's just going to be natural. Look around Jada. Look at all those people that came last week from, from you coming this last week, because you felt real love. And he said, you got to come because I know if you come, you're going to experience what I experienced and you, you can't miss out on that. And so what happened is I love Jada and God accomplished the dream that I didn't even know we could accomplish. If you begin to love the people next to you, God will bring more people into this house. The people you're believing for that need love, he'll send them here in groves so that they could find his love because you are ready and plugged in to water them. Up here on this stage, I, we're about to move into our building. We, November 1st, we get the keys. Just let you know that. November 1st, we get the keys. And... uh you know, we've had a cross right over here, this cross. We've signed this cross. We've, we've prayed on this cross. We have, we've had thousands of names that have committed their life to Jesus and then signed this cross. So I was sitting there thinking, I was like, God, what's the next wave? And he said, the people that come to your church are the first of many brothers and sisters. Just like Jesus was the first, they are the first. And so God sent you here because you're a leader. And because you know how to carry love. And you, you are a giver. You're a giver. And so God sent you here first so that you could receive that love so that you could be able to give it out. And I'm just believing that there is another way of people that are ready to experience the same family and love that we found here that are in your circle. I'm believing those 20,000 that God gave me that dream of a long time ago are already inside your circles in this world and the circles you're going to meet. People you haven't even met yet, God's going to use you as a leader to love on them and they're going to be touched by this love that started here in this church. And so we put, I'm putting this cross out here. This, this is the, a cross in the uncut form. We're going to cut this down, down and make it into a cross just like that for our new building. And on this poll, this is how we're going to end this service. I want you to write down some people in your life that, that you know need the love of Jesus, that need an encounter with God, that you're believing for, and we're going to believe for together as family, that they're going to they're come to Christ. Let me, let me say this. Um... Carlos's family's here and you work with young and Free and Hillsong and different things. And, and, um, so a long time ago I was in Australia and I would bring this book out at my table. And at first it was kind of just like a gimmick to be honest, to get people to the table because no one wanted to come to the table. And so I put the book out and said, Hey, if you, if you want to sign my book or come back there and let me know your story, I'd love you to write in my book. I'm going to take your prayer request and turn it into a prayer request thing. And so we started putting prayer requests in there. And so this one girl, a year ago, emailed me about that thing I was doing 20 years ago. Now I was bringing Australia, I was bringing all over the world this little book and we'd bring it back and we'd pray over the prayer request that would come in in that book. And she emailed me on Facebook and she said, hey, I don't know if you remember me, my name is, her name, and she said, you used to sit this book at the back and you would pray over it. And she said, I don't know if you ever heard any stories from what happened from the prayer request that you put into that book. But let me tell you, I felt your prayers, and they changed my life. She said, in that book, I put my family down. She said, I put all of them. And a few of them, I'm still believing something's going to happen. But she said, one of them is a crazy story, and I, I bet you've never heard it, and I would love to share it with you. And she said, my sister, who was, who was not fully serving God because she couldn't find her place in the church, and she was, she was going back and forth from different churches, and she couldn't find her, her zone or her place, and so I was just praying at that camp, That she would find her place and I put her name in there and I put that God would reveal to her the gifts that are on her life and she said I don't know if you 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 know but my sister her name's Taya Smith she did a song called oceans and she said I just want to tell you thank you for praying for my sister because of your prayers she ended up at this church called Hillsong they gave her an opportunity to sing she found her gifts I don't know if you've heard the story of her. I think she was like cleaning out a room and they heard her that she singed and they had her try out the song. I mean, it's just a supernatural thing. But I don't believe it just happened by accident. I believe it was because a group of teenagers at my youth group would pray over this book. We didn't even know the people. We didn't know Taya Smith. The world didn't know Taya Smith. But we began to pray over it and believe with this sister that God's love would revolutionize our life. And look what happened. I wonder what could happen if you wrote your family's name on this board. Five years from now, I wonder if you'll be writing me an email. I forgot we even did this. And you're like, hey, remember we did that board? And it was really weird. And we wrote our family name. And we begin to pray. Guess what? Here's what my brother's doing. Here's where he is. You know what? He's, he's, he's a pastor now. He's serving. He's open to business. And he's funding the kingdom. I don't know what stories are going to come out of this. But can you believe it with me? I'm going to believe it with you. Can we believe that the people in our life would experience the love of Jesus? If he's in us, he's going to come out of us. If he's in us, he's going to come through us. But it begins by us saying, come on, we're going to stand together. We're going to believe together." come on maybe you put someone's name down on a list like this before and nothing happened will you believe again will you step out again come on and together we're going to pray for this we're going to have jam nights where we pray Jesus and music and we're going to pray over this cross and we're going to believe that your friends your family whether it's online whether it's through the campus or another church or at a gas station or at Walmart that they encounter the love of Jesus and we hear the stories of it from this side of heaven. Come on I'm believing in this next year. I'm believing in one year if you'll write down a name on this and believe for it that they're going to find and encounter the love of Jesus in power and in strength. Come on do you believe that with me? If you're in this room and you don't know any unbelievers, maybe you need to write down, I don't know anyone, but lead me to know some people. And you write down the the unnamed person I'm going to meet. And we're going to start praying that God would introduce you to people that don't know Christ. Maybe it's going to be a basketball game on Tuesday night where everyone's cussing up a storm and you're right in the middle of it as a dangerous weapon for Jesus about to love on all those dry, broken people. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have something you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit FearlessLA.com FearlessTV to fill out a prayer request or to find more information about Fearless LA.